Welcome back to another week with God, His Word, and, well, just me, a simple servant of our Lord, walking alongside you in the search of absolute truth. Um, before I begin, I want to say Happy Mother's Day to everybody, um, and also um, for those that may have, you know, have had mothers or grandmothers that have passed, um, I feel your pain, um, and I'm sorry for your loss. I hope this lesson finds each of you well, and as I continue to pray for each of you by name through the week, um, I feel like last week I ended the lesson somewhat abruptly, and so this week I'd just like to clarify a little before we begin um, the chosen topic which God has put into my heart and mind for us to study. Regarding the intersection of self-love and selfless love, I want to stress that while we, as Christians, should have an outward focus of bringing God's word to the world and those that need it, we ourselves also need to have some of that light shining upon our lives because I would suspect that each of us did not come to his truth by chance. We had others that loved us more than we knew it and thus worked hard to bring us the gospel. And we probably have no idea the struggles of those that did this. A quote that often comes to my mind when discussing this topic is this, and if there is one, one more thing that I must say to you, it is this, don't think that the person who is trying to comfort you now lives untroubled among the simple and quiet words that sometimes give you much pleasure. His life has much trouble and sadness and remains far behind yours. If it were otherwise, he would have never been able to find those words. This is actually found in a book um, that's pretty well known called Letters to a, to a Young Poet by um, R.M. Rilke. We also need to be aware of our mental, social, psychological, and overall general physical being um, capabilities because, well, as humans, we need rest. Can you imagine if one of the apostles came to us to tell us the good news and they were looking stressed, worn, and basically in need of some R&R? It would be hard to focus on the gospel while those that bring it needed some basic needs met first. I agree that you have to live out God's word and while our Savior did die for us, we should be willing to, ex to go to extremes to tell others of that. There is, however, nowhere in the Bible where I've found that we should go to we should go and physically partake in all of the body's activities, functions, studies, and out, outreach events and special holiday functions. The gospel is real, and we have to be real with how much extra involvement we should have in order to remain effective, equipped, and ready to give an account for our actions, words, and deeds. Now, I'm trying to walk a fine line because some people can use this as an excuse to go to either extreme, doing all they can and then left without any energy or energy or will to do for others and possibly becoming bitter, or doing nothing and not helping be the body of Christ where they're actually needed. I pray that you follow Christ's example wisely and continue to search the scriptures concerning this topic, and I am definitely willing to study more with you 
if such a need arises. Now for our lesson today. This week, as we shift towards studying about the habits portion of the series of Habits of a Loving Soul, I want to discuss some practical biblical concepts as to why our love should, be, should also be spurred by devoting, developing them into habits. Today we're going to focus primarily upon accountability of, those, of these habits, and I really want you to think about how one might experience some accountability in performing acts of love. The reason um, I wanted to discuss this aspect of habits first is because I read the following quote from the book Real Life Discipleship. Few Christians have authentic, accountable relationships, and many are not growing in their faith. Now, this could be a huge oversight and misconception, but I do feel that we can all do better and strive toward more genuine relationships that include keeping one another accountable. If you consider habits during this whole pandemic and since our stay-at-home orders, have you even tried to form one new habit? I know that dealing with stresses of this pandemic, you might be thinking, why would someone ask about forming a new habit? Yes, this is a this is devastating. Um, this is a devastating current world event, and but it's an opportunity for us Christians to grow. So, have you formed a new habit? Habit. If you didn't, why not? And if you did, why did you? Most of the time, when one is faced with with life. They have aspirations to become successful, a better version of themselves, and more influential and purposeful in life. I too fall into this category, but a good majority keep those as only wishful thoughts and never fulfilling those, those aspirations. Why do you think this might be? Let's take for example this class. At the beginning of this quarter, we had one class that was in person before we had to stay at home. If you remember that class, um, and I know it's been a while, I spoke a little concerning habits and even asked if anyone had kept their New Year's resolutions. I'm revisiting this because have you ever actually focused on forming a new habit at all in your life? And if you did, did it work? Did it stick? Are you still doing it? What worked about that process of forming the habit and what didn't? Have you kept that particular habit since you started it? If you are like me, I have roughly a laundry list of items in my head of habits or tasks I'd like to get done that if I had only started a year ago doing a little every day, most of those would be done by now losing weight, eating better, learning more, paying down debt, becoming a better worker, having more of a routine in life, and on and on and on it goes. Why is it that instead of focusing on one habit, do we focus on like 20? There have been books and studies done in this, on the science of forming new habits and creating a better you. I think I've heard it before, 
that it takes roughly 21 days to truly on truly focusing on a new habit for our bodies and minds to adjust to this new thing and for it to successfully stick. In a book entitled Atomic Habits by James Clear, I believe it, it reasons that it's actually more than 60 days or two months time for this to work. So why should we as Christians care about all of this? About this whole concept of forming habits? I want to answer that previous question with another one for you to think about. Can love ever be done as a habit? I believe it is in one of my supplementary books that said that love is a commitment of action. This definition makes love less emotional and real, but love can come in many forms or actions just like we saw in the lesson describing the love languages. You see, God acted upon his love for us to give up his only son that we might see heaven. Jesus has been moved by love for his disciples to show miracles and bring healing to them. We have many examples of the actions taken out of love in the Bible, so wouldn't, why wouldn't we try to do the same? Why wouldn't we want as Christians to follow the same examples? So, love can be considered as a commitment of action. And if we form better habits and thereby better actions of love, we then are able to mature and grow to love um, and love others that, that may need this type of love um, or this more um, mature love and be more capable of expressing love too. Concerning this, what do you think we can focus on to improve, if there is even such a concept. Along with, the, with general improvement, naturally, I want us to look at the concept of accountability because how will we know that we're actually growing in faith and love? We need a measurable way to be able to truthfully say we have grown rather than diminished. Let's look at this in two perspectives. How can one keep themselves accountable? Is it as simply as checking off your daily Bible reading or prayers? I think it takes more than that. Let's look at loving through encouragement. What ways are there that one might encourage another? Let's try a different form of love, supporting another person. How might you learn to support someone during a certain stage in their life? With this, I want to ask whether accountability is even needed, or should, I, should only love be shown to those when our hearts or our heartstrings are tugged? I believe that we should have a habit of showing works of service through love, rather than being the occasional surprising love-bound good deeder. We don't want to just become so-called good people. We want to share God's love. Have you considered that when we truly know another's needs, only then are we able to help them? Regarding supporting another, the Bible gives us a great goal in working to work toward, 
um, if you want to read along with me, in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The other perspective is how to keep others accountable. Have you ever heard of accountability, accountability buddies? The Bible expresses that we should confess our sins to one another in James chapter 5, verse 16. What about the people, other people that practice building habits? Can we not love them by offering to be an accountability partner? What about those that, in general, are building habits? Are they better people? I don't think so. But they know that they're working toward a better version of themselves. Can we not seize this opportunity to open the door to their hearts and lives by becoming accountability and walking along with them? Along the same thread of thoughts, what type of characteristics are those that build habits? Is there anywhere in the Bible that describes characteristics that we are supposed to be working on? If you guessed it, um, and I would agree with you, the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Even start, this even starts with the work of love. Should not the others follow by first working on growing love in love? I want to close by switching gears a little bit and talk about a concept that came to me this week concerning the habits of love. Habits, in a way, can be considered can be compared to the act of repentance from sin, if we are following God in His Word. If you think about the reason why we would form different habits, it's because we seek to change our lives for the better. If you think about repentance, which means turning away, we are turning away from death and those things that are not good for our soul. If we keep practicing good habits, we eventually become more adapted to performing those actions, and if we keep repenting of sins, we will be further away from sinning itself. I want to lastly ask one question. If we repented of each of our sins completely, and it wasn't something that we needed to keep repenting of, why is God's discipline necessary? If you think of the nation of Israel, or even whole books of the Old Testament, it's a cycle of God's people not truly learning from their mistakes. I hope that the concept of God's discipline in our lives acting as an accountability measure to keep us responsible and guided towards righteousness will challenge you this week to seek more of His Word, think of a new habit to form that will bring you closer to God, and to consider those around us that might need some more love than we are used to be giving. Uh, thank you for this, and also, again, Happy Mother's Day to everybody.